0: Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated
0: PG for parental guidance recommended.
2: Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack, and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Justice. Jack
3: Justice. It has been observed more than once that life isn't fair, an observation that is by no means limited to surly teenagers who aren't getting their way. In many ways, it's the ultimate argument for free will in the cosmos. We've all seen genuinely horrible people swim with the sharks while others flail about in the shallow waters where no amount of effort, gumption or good old-fashioned all-American what-have-you is going to result in anything other than middling towards failure. There are better ways to say it, of course. Stuff about the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes, and so on. Or more concrete examples, like Mildred Cunningham, who was only acquitted for the crime of poisoning six members of her immediate family at Thanksgiving dinner due to this suppression of evidence gathered under a bungled search warrant, and who went on to become an internationally beloved author of children's books. That happened. And these are the moments when we throw up our hands in despair that the universe is being run by a team of demented child gods who are half in love with the bitterly ironic. That whole systemic lack of fairness thing to which we alluded earlier. But you have to dig a little deeper. When you look a little harder, you realize that we have met the child gods, and they is us. Mankind makes the rules, and he makes them what they are because he secretly believes that he too may benefit from them. Like poor people voting for upper-class tax cuts because they secretly believe that one day they're going to be rich. I digress. Just a little. My point, and I do have one, is that any assessment of the fairness of the universe needs to include an objective eye cast to our own classification of the worthy. Everybody, and this includes the Mildred Cunninghams of the world... Everybody in the universe believes that they deserve better luck than they have. Everyone honestly believes in their heart that if life were only fair, they would always win and their enemies would always lose. Except no one is that worthy. I'm certainly not, and have more than once entirely deserved the misfortunes that have befallen me. Similarly, no one loses all the time. Well, almost no one. It is just possible that fate may intervene once in a blue moon and conspire to make some poor schlub a born loser. Such was the strange case of Archibald McNaughton, who knocked upon our door one gray afternoon and said,
1: Uh, is this the detective agency?
3: I'm gonna go with yes, since the network objected to all those Chinese laundry jokes I used to make.
1: I beg your pardon? You have it, and more. Have uh, what, exactly?
4: Please excuse him, sir. He's an idiot. I keep him around for good luck.
1: Oh. Does it work?
4: Not so far, but it's only been a rough decade or so. Won't you please sit down, Mr...
1: McNaughton. Archibald McNaughton.
3: That's quite the moniker you have, Mr. McNaughton. Something that ought to belong to a knight or a lord or something. I'm Jack Justice, and this is my partner, Miss Dixon. Will you have coffee?
1: No, thank you. And you are not wrong, Mr. Justice. My dear mother loved to read historical adventures. I think she would have been happier if I had been a famous explorer... I suppose I might have, too. So
3: why didn't you become one?
1: Well, sir, frankly, there is nothing left to discover.
3: Sir, this may have nothing to do with what brings you here, but if I may be permitted to observe, there is not a single moment in all of recorded history in which the mass of mankind was not dead certain that there was nothing left to discover. Yet here we sit, knowing almost nothing.
4: A subject upon which Mr. Justice is something of an expert.
3: Miss Dixon does not approve of my waxing philosophical.
4: Is that what that was? I thought it was a fortune cookie in desperate need of an editor. What brings you to our door, Mr. McNaughton?
1: I find myself with a professional problem, Miss Dixon.
4: And what is your profession, sir?
1: I am a gambler. Really? Why do you sound so surprised?
3: I, I didn't intend any offense, Mr.
1: McNaughton, but... Uh, uh, does my demeanor seem uh, ill-suited to the task? Yes. Do I seem uh, too meek and mild for such a pursuit? Uh, frankly, yes. Do I seem a little more like a mathematician than a wily rider of the fates that govern chance?
3: Okay, yes, that do. Though I probably would not have phrased it exactly thus.
1: Ah. Uh, but you see, uh, uh, Mr. Justice, uh, that uh, this sort of nebbish persona is of a tremendous advantage to a person uh, such as myself. I'm sure. It leads one's opponents into a false sense of uh, uh, security. It
3: certainly must do that, yes. Like a mongoose to a cobra. Just exactly like a mongoose, yes, sir.
4: And when did you earn your Ph.D. in mathematics, sir?
1: In 1942. Uh, uh, Wait, uh, how did you know?
4: There are hundreds of things you might have said you were not, sir, but you said mathematician. Who would specifically deny being one of those except someone who was? Uh,
1: you are a very clever young woman. Yes, I am. I suppose uh, you must be a very fine gambler yourself.
4: Yes, I am. No, she isn't. Are you still here? Uh,
1: the incisive analysis and cunning eye, all deceptively hidden with the uh, uh, inarguable charms of the weaker sex. Uh, uh, a magnificent combination.
4: Thank you. Now, well, for the record, I could pull both of your arms off and beat you to death with your own fists, and prefer not to be called the weaker anything.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> duly noted.
4: But you are correct. I have a certain talent for games of chance.
1: No. You simply play games
3: of chance against opponents who are just as talentless at them as you are.
4: Or in your case. Or...
3: You see, Mr. McNaughton, Miss Dixon is like many occasional gamblers, in that she wins some and she loses some, and honestly believes that her wins are greater than her losses. It is an illusion that everyone shares, in spite of the fact that it is functionally impossible. After six hours of cards, everyone at the table can't be up a few dollars. There's probably a law of thermodynamics at play. And Miss Dixon is right. I am no stranger to this status.
1: Ah, uh, but there is a very good reason for this, uh, Mr. Justice. Yes? Uh, You are merely amateurs at the pursuit. Uh, You betray yourselves at once with your terminology. Games of chance? (laughs) Why, Uh, there is nothing of chance in it at all. These contests are governed by the very same laws which regulate everything in the cosmos. Uh, Their function can be defined their precise odds calculated, and their every twist and turn can be modeled, anticipated, and predicted.
3: You have a system.
1: I have a staggeringly detailed series of tables and predictive models.
3: Which takes the guesswork out of gambling? Yes. We call that a
1: system. Uh, Very well. If it pleases you, I have a system.
3: Excellent. I enjoy nothing more than a very wealthy client.
1: (laughs) Well, I would not say that that was exactly the case.
3: How odd. Could it be that your models are not as predictive as they are supposed to be?
1: I can show you the calculations.
3: You have a doctorate in advanced mathematics. I do. Then I'm pretty sure I wouldn't understand.
1: Uh, No, sir, Uh, you would not. Uh, The system, uh, as you call it, is rock solid. Uh, uh, Beyond a shadow of a doubt.
3: May I ask then, sir, why you are not unspeakably wealthy?
1: I keep losing. I see.
4: Jack, why don't we step back a little, Mr. McNaughton? How did we get from point A... Being young man uses talents to secure his academic credentials, to point B, the same man becomes a professional gambler.
1: You do not approve of the term, Miss Dixon.
4: Profession is a very specific term, Mr. McNaughton. It, uh, it once applied only to divinity, medicine, and law. That's expanded a little bit. land surveyors, civil engineers, architects. but they all involve specialized training and providing objective counsel. That's a profession. It doesn't just mean what you do for a living. You can't be a professional gambler for the same reason you can't be a professional tap dancer, or pastry chef, or coal miner, or private detective. Those are not professions. Those are occupations.
1: You are a very unique young woman.
4: You have no idea. And you never will. And that's sad for you. And unique means one of a kind. You can't be very unique.
1: Oh, uh, of course. Uh, I apologize.
4: Good. Good. Now, for all the color you've provided, we are still distressingly light on details. People may not come to us for objective counsel, but they usually come for a reason. Something they want us to do, or discover. I don't see a role for us yet in this little one-act farce.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's awkward.
4: Awkward is what we do.
1: Especially her.
4: Shut up. Please go on, Mr. McNaughton. You were telling us how the lure of your system distracted you from your academic pursuits.
1: Uh, uh, I was?
4: Did they? They did. Then you were. Go on.
1: Uh, Yes, well, uh, as you have correctly divined, Miss Dixon, my colleagues at the university found the trend in subject matter for my published papers to be uh, 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 distressing. At first, it was all in fun, and they encouraged me. The articles were something of a, a novelty for journals devoted to pure mathematics, and they were widely published. The Board of Governors found them crass, however, and uh, demanded that I restrict myself to more dignified subject matters. Stung by this rebuke, I began to see the wisdom in keeping this light under a bushel, as they say. Uh, Why would I share this knowledge with uh, an ungrateful academia? I uh, refined my calculations, uh, withdrew my savings and took off on sabbatical to prove my findings in the laboratory crucible of your city's many uh, fine gambling dens.
3: Someone in the tourism office was working overnight on this one. Perhaps you could visit the slag heaps
1: by the steel mills next.
4: I take it from your presence here that the trip has not gone exactly as you'd planned?
1: Uh, No, indeed, Miss Dixon. I I failed to account for the human factor. Or or rather, uh, for the dishonest human factor.
4: You believe that you were cheated?
1: Cheated? I was swindled. It is clear as the summer sun.
4: Illuminate me.
1: I beg your pardon?
3: Don't feel bad. A lot of guys would have heard filthier than it was. She means, can you please tell us how you know that you were a victim of a dishonest gambling house? Uh, Of course. I lost. And this is impossible?
1: I can show you the calculations.
3: Did you try showing them to the croupier?
1: Uh, They were not interested. And you discovered this lack of interest when... (laughs) They threw me out. Okay.
4: Mr. McNaughton, the thing about a game of chance is that no matter how prepared you think you are, there is always a very good chance that you will lose. And if almost everyone who walked in the door didn't leave with less money than they came in with... It wouldn't be such a fantastic business.
1: Uh, Miss Dixon, uh, I am perfectly prepared to show you my calculations. That
4: won't be necessary.
1: I was cheated. I have been wronged. Yes,
4: sir. By whom, exactly? What? Which gambling house did you test your theories in? There are a number within the city limits, all strictly unofficial, of course. A smile and a kind word do wonders, though, especially when a weekly kickback is attached to it.
1: I understand. So it
4: would help to know at which of these emporiums of human misery you lost your nest egg.
1: (laughs) All of them, I think. All of them? The the, uh, the bellboy at the hotel was very helpful. He sent me first to Buster Marks.
3: That's kind of jumping in at the deep end, isn't it? <laughs> That's
1: how I felt. I thought it was possible that I was uh, distracted by the floor show.
3: Yeah, I used to know a girl in that show. Very, very distracting.
4: Stop talking now before I paint a mental picture.
1: Uh, next, I tried, uh, uh, uh oh, uh, beside a white building on 3rd. The
3: Swan Cafe. Uh, that was it. Pretty honest places these things go. Okay.
1: I am living proof that this is not the case, sir. Uh, uh, then I paid a call on a room upstairs from the, the, the Tiki Lounge nightclub.
4: Max Scarlet's place. Scarlet
3: is actually a little bit crooked.
4: And sometimes he kills people.
3: Sometimes he does that. Yes, he got off easy there.
1: <laughs> on the contrary, sir. Uh, finally, uh, my young friend at the hotel secured me an invitation to an establishment on uh, uh, Boar's Head Road, out uh, near the airport. Kingfisher Sam.
4: Kingfisher Sam's, King Sam's. Uh,
1: the worst of a bad lot.
4: Sam White is supposed to be a straight shooter, as these things go. He's. Got a nice clean place, a license to print money, which he renews with regular contributions into the re-election funds of the mayor, the chief of police, and anyone else that seems appropriate. It's a lot of
3: overhead. But
4: he makes a lot of money. And no one gets hurt except those that deserve it. And maybe the tax man, so everybody turns a blind eye. Unless people start squawking that the house is crooked. Then it all comes down.
1: Uh, The house is crooked? And that is exactly what I want you to prove. The kingfisher Sam's above all others.
4: How much did you lose?
1: Uh, A little over uh, $63,000. Dollars? The money is immaterial. Uh, It was an inheritance. I neither earned it, uh, nor do I require it. That's good, because you ain't got it.
4: You understand, sir, that these establishments do not issue refunds to dissatisfied customers?
1: On account of
3: the fact that dissatisfying customers is the name of their business?
1: I understand all of that. Uh, I am not asking you to recover any lost funds... Uh, merely uh, to refute the disapproval of my calculations,
3: sir. The sensible thing to do—the
1: is- uh, sensible thing to do—would <laughs> uh, have been to have not publicly stated my intent to prove my system in the wild, <laughs> uh, Mister Justice. Uh, uh, my entire faculty is aware of why I came here. I cannot, uh, well, but I cannot go back until my reputation is cleared. Uh, uh, can you? Uh, uh, can Can you help me?
4: We get thirty nine ninety nine a day, sir.
3: Plus
1: expenses.
4: Plus expenses.
3: And they generally take quite a bit of calculating.
2: You are listening to Blackjack Justice from com.
3: In my line of work, there are advantages and disadvantages to experience. It helps to have done things before and to have a general idea of where some of the more perilous waters lie... When I look back on my earliest days as a proud bearer of this little tin shield issued by the city, I do much wonder that I stuck with it at all. I was running all over town with no contacts, no shortcuts, and no idea what I was doing. I worked much harder than is my custom, got almost nothing done, and was repeatedly hit in the head with things to the point of acquiring an ironically tough-sounding nickname. And now, of course, most of that was not actually true, most of the time. Mostly. But with each adventure, as one acquired more experience, one also cultivated a reputation. Sometimes this was good, sometimes that was less so. But there is nothing either good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. But sometimes what you really wanted was faceless anonymity. Then you started to miss that fresh faced young lad with all the concussions that you used to be. You really did.
0: Sorry to keep you waiting.
3: Uh, Mr. White, sir, you look after the new hires yourself.
0: Of course I do. This house is my investment. It is my bread and butter, my baby. Anyone who works here works for me and must answer to me. Of course, sir. I admit I don't usually conduct the first interview myself. No, sir. But for you, Mr. Justice, I am pleased to make an exception.
3: I'm sorry, sir. There's been a misunderstanding. My, My name is Johnson, James Johnson.
0: Of course, did you keep the initials the same to make it easier to remember, or did you have a lot of monogrammed handkerchiefs?
3: They were a gift.
0: I understand. To be clear, you could have called yourself Christopher Columbus, and you still would have been made the minute you walked through the door.
3: How about Amerigo Vespucci?
0: I employ some very tough customers, Mr. Justice. It is an occupational necessity, and tough customers often know other tough customers by sight.
3: It's like a lodge. We're having some jackets made.
0: You and I have never crossed paths.
3: No, sir. I don't gamble, not in any organized fashion, and you keep your nose as clean as a man with an illegal casino can.
0: I try. So what brings one of the city's most notorious peepers to my door? Hat in hand for a job.
3: Business is slow.
0: Would you like a drink? I'm having one.
3: Uh, Perhaps something in a small bourbon?
0: I should have someone get them for us. We just interviewed a new girl. One moment. Uh. Send her in.
4: Thank you for seeing me, Mr. White. I... Oh, it's you.
3: Yeah, it's me.
4: I take it we are blown.
3: Well, if we weren't before, we certainly would be now.
4: How did you screw this up?
0: Uh, we were just discussing the whys more than the hows, Miss Dixon. And if a broken-down warhorse such as your partner can't creep into a place unnoticed, how a beautiful woman such as yourself hope to, I can't imagine.
4: I've seen the girls on staff, Mr. White. I didn't feel out of place.
0: No, indeed. I employ many beautiful women. It is the business. But you would stand out in any company.
4: Why, thank you.
0: You also have something of a reputation, and I don't mean that to sound untoward.
4: It sounds like butter when you say it.
0: Would you like a drink? I
4: always have before.
0: The bar is fully stocked. Why don't you fix us around? No. No?
4: Beautiful girls bring you drinks all the time. I won't be one of them. Why don't you bring me a nice Ryan water like a good boy?
0: <laughs> Sensational. Am I even still here? I cannot tell you how much I wish you were not, Mr. Justice.:
4: I feel like that all the time. Drinks. Go.
0: <laughs> Very well. Can you tell me why I suddenly have his and her private detectives applying for covert work in my nice, clean gambling house?:
4: I'm putting myself through a reform school. Oh dear. Did I make you do that?
3: Can we thwart his evil schemes first and then date him later?
4: I can't imagine what you could possibly mean.
0: For the record, neither can I. Though I suspect we might be at opposite ends of the equation. I'm afraid I have no schemes to thwart evil or otherwise.
4: I flatter myself that that is not entirely true.
0: Focus. You're on the job? We are. In the employ of?
3: Archibald McNaughton.
0: (laughs) The bookworm? Oh, this is the living end. It isn't like no one who lost at my tables ever blamed their luck on something other than cruel fate, Mr. Justice. I have a large staff and an immaculate facility. I serve the best booze and offer my clientele a good time. That is what they pay for. But pay they do. It is the nature of the beast. The take may ebb and flow, but in the end, the house always wins. The guests pay for a right to buck that trend for a few hours, but you can't fight City Hall. Yes, sir. Not that I try. I pay City Hall. Quite handsomely. I pay City Hall. I pay one police plaza. I pay tribute to two different crime families who claim rights over this territory. And still, I make a very good return on my investment. But when a self-righteous little bookworm starts accusing me of rigging the games again and again to anyone who will listen, <laughs> it puts my livelihood in danger. Do you understand me? He hired you to prove me crooked, hmm?
3: Not exactly. He hired us to prove his system
0: hadn't failed. Well, is there a way to do that without accusing me of something that will get me closed down?
4: What if we could find one?
0: Well, then I would be grateful, Miss Dixon. I would be very grateful indeed. Two beers,
3: Tony.
4: Except make mine a Ryan water. And
3: make mine a bourbon. So, actually, no beers, Tony.
4: Well, maybe not no beers.
3: That does seem a little drastic, doesn't it?
4: Maybe even a little rude.
3: Also, two beers, Tony. As well as the other things.
4: All of the other things, yes.
3: For two people who do this a lot, we're pretty terrible at ordering. I blame you. Because. It saves time. Sold. So. Now, what are we supposed to do?
4: Figure out a way to expense these drinks?
3: I mean it, though. Sam White was very civil, but he is not going to tolerate us hanging around trying to prove that he runs a crooked house.
4: Nor is he going to hire us to do so covertly.
3: I think he would have hired you.
4: For services which I do not sell. I give them away, which is much, much more expensive.
3: You once dated a hobo.
4: He was not a hobo. He was a railway enthusiast. He
3: carried a bindle.
4: He was eccentric. He
3: slept on our sofa for a week.
4: He was exhausted, poor lamb. I should know.
3: I think we've proved my point in admirable fashion. We have
4: not. Besides, a wealthy, handsome casino proprietor is not looking for a bargain.
3: I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about our client. Perhaps you remember our client, the brilliant mathematician with the revolutionary system to beat the odds at all manner of games of chance?
4: Alright, spare me the Victorian narrator routine.
3: I don't see a way to milk this one. He is not gonna be happy.
4: Maybe there's another way. I'm listening. What if we played the system?
3: I don't understand.
4: You and me learn the system. Take Kingfisher Sam's for a ride, and I make Sam White my cabana boy until I cruelly abandon him.
3: You haven't even gone on a date yet and you're planning the fantasy breakup? Focus. You're neglecting at least one important fact. There is no such thing as a system. The system is don't gamble. That's the system. Puritan. Our client tried it and lost his shirt.
4: The sample size is too small for objective data.
3: Also, he is a lunatic.
4: Nonsense. He's been published in major journals in the field. Look, he gave me several.
3: What does that prove? Did you actually look at his figures? Who could understand that mess?
4: Oh, come on. We're one intelligent individual, and you. Here, let's look it over. Maybe it will help us expense these drinks. Oh, boy.
3: This is, uh,
4: It really is.
3: $60,000 on this. I, I don't understand a word of it.
4: But if we can't understand it, it just might be true.
3: And we can't put it to the test if we don't understand it. And our client can't front that kind of money anyway. I guess not. Excuse me. I could not help but overhear... On account of you were eavesdropping? In a nutshell... And it seems to me that you folks are in possession
2: of some kind of... system? Forget it. Aw, don't be like that. Is it good? I bet it's good. Sixty grand, you said? I
4: said... Sixty grand was, in fact, won by someone in bets that were placed using this system. But we are not at liberty to divulge the particulars. Who is? Well, the rights are held by the author... The famous mathematician Archibald McNaughton.
2: Famous, you say?
4: Well, sure. Here are some articles he has written on the subjects for major journals in the field.
2: Whoa, that proves everything. There ain't even no pictures
4: at all in this magazine. And look here. This guy's writing about games of chance, just like you said. It's all math, my friend. It defines everything in the universe. Trixie. No, he's right. We can't share the details.
2: You don't understand. I need this. Bad.
3: I gotta change my luck. You know how to change your luck, my friend?
4: You stop relying on luck and turn to flat-out science.
2: You tell your friend McNaughton that he's missing out on a fortune here. He kind of is, isn't he?
4: He would need some help in our distribution model. I think
3: maybe Freddy can help us out there. But... Will the client go for it?
4: If it sets the righteous army of his undebunkment upon Kingfisher Sam's, it's the only chance he's got.
3: And also, I think we may have just found a way to expense these drinks.
4: Two more, Tony.
3: And also two more of the other ones.
4: And so began our brief but profitable foray into publishing and direct sales. With the helpful assistance of Freddy the Finger, to whom other losers seemed to gravitate, a small army of test subjects were granted non-exclusive right of usage to the McNaughton system and an armload of paperwork that they had almost no chance at all of understanding. And for simplicity's sake, and because Sam White did not actually kill people as a matter of course, they were steered toward Kingfisher Sam's, where a mere seven days later, the client... The Squarejaw, and myself, were invited as guests of the proprietor. We saw a large number of our research aides out on the floor struggling manfully from crib notes and trying desperately to make something work, and shortly we were whisked upstairs to the private office of my future ex-manservant.
0: Thank you all for coming, Ms. Dixon. You look
4: radiant. Your words are sweet, but there's a predatory gleam in your eye.
0: I'm so glad. I hate to be misunderstood. Focus. Uh, So, uh, uh, Mr.
1: White, are you ready to uh, accept defeat? (laughs) Am I ready to what? I'm sorry that it had to come to this. (laughs) I imagine uh, the horde of gamblers employing my system have cost you uh, a fortune by now. He doesn't know.
4: Be gentle.
0: You're making me crazy.
4: (laughs) I'm so glad. I hate to be misunderstood. Focus!
0: Mr. McNaughton, you are here because Miss Dixon and I have brokered an arrangement that may be mutually beneficial.
3: Um, focus?
4: No, it's all right. He's talking about work. Ah.
0: The fact is that since you loosed your little tribe of educated pigeons on Kingfisher Sams, the house take is up more than 35%. You are making me a fortune.
1: Uh, uh, I, I don't understand. Your
0: system is nonsense. Or
3: no one using it can
1: understand it at
3: all.
0: Which is what makes it brilliant. They assume they are to blame, and they try harder. They study more. They move from game to game and empty their pockets. It's a gold mine.
4: But it is starting to peter out. Our research team is beginning to lose faith. And that is why we marched right past them and up the stairs. ...so they could see us here on business.
0: I would be prepared to offer you a contract. I would take over all rights to your calculations... ...and your system in perpetuity... ...with the intention of burying it... ...officially.
4: We figured this would convince the... ...researchers out there... ...that there is a pot of gold at the end of this particular rainbow... ...and that they could both master the technique if they kept trying and perhaps give them a valuable restricted access commodity to resell to recoup some of their losses. It
3: should also keep them from killing you on your way out of town.
1: I uh, I don't understand,
0: but how much would you be willing to pay? <laughs> pay? Oh, don't be ridiculous. I won't pay you for a worthless formula, but I will sign the contract which includes a non-disclosure agreement which prevents either of us from ever revealing how much money changed hands.
4: So, you can show the contract to your faculty, and they may infer that your system worked like a charm, since a casino bought you out. The Board of Governors will be content, as you will be forced to move on to other studies, and no one will ever know what happened here.
3: And the money that was made selling mimeographs of your papers to suckers, uh, research assistants... That revenue, minus Freddy's percentage and our own percentage, which is entirely modest, I assure you, and you'll just have to take my word on that. In any case, your end of that is approximately 15% of your gambling losses returned to you. Right here, in fact. So you can be seen leaving the casino with a briefcase, and if you stop to buy some chips, I will break your little
1: legs. Uh, I don't... uh, uh, I don't know what to say...
4: Say, thank you, everyone. This is more than I deserve.
1: (laughs) I suppose it is. I will sign those papers, Mr. White. Excellent. Can I get you a drink? Well, that would be... He isn't talking to us.
4: No, he isn't. You get him out of here, all right?
1: I will. Uh, I I don't think I understand uh, what's happening now.
4: And that is just sad for you. Terribly, terribly sad.
2: Blackjack Justice, episode 68, The Born Loser, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Robert Westgate, Brian Vaughn, and Kevin Robinson. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure.
0: There are a number of things that we can all do to help stop the spread of the coronavirus and protect ourselves and our families. One is simply to clean your hands often. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after you've been in a public place or after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. If you don't have access to soap and water, then make sure you use a hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. And finally, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. These are some simple things that we can all do to help protect ourselves and our families from the spread of
4: coronavirus. Be well, everybody.